Episode ninety three. What's your truth? Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Educators, this is Gretchen from Always a Lesson. And whether you're teaching a lesson or you are learning one yourself, this podcast is for you. I am here to empower you to reach your potential, and that's why I call you an elite educator because that describes someone who takes the time to invest in themselves by listening to podcasts just like this one to help hone your craft. I want to thank you for tuning in, especially those of you going over to iTunes and leaving a rating with a review. That just helps the show continue to get pumped out to help more and more teachers each day. And so because of that, I want to give a shout out today to T.A. Minahan. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Your review was entitled Empowering Educators, and you said, Gretchen does a great job empowering those who have one of the most important jobs in the world. The quick episodes make it easy to listen to and gives you the motivation needed to have a productive day. Great job. Well, thank you so much for letting me know that you enjoy the show and that I am empowering those who are listening. And yes, you're right. We have the most important job in the entire world. Uh, These episodes are short and a quick listen just to really ensure that everyone can start their day, like you mentioned, motivated to have that productive day. So thanks again for letting me know you appreciate what we're doing on the show each and every week. Well, today I want to help you reignite that passion and potential by talking about coming to grips with who you are as a teacher. And this podcast episode is really especially for those teachers who are in a transition or in distress. So hang on, this is one empowering ride. So I'm recently reading a book, and that's what kind of is the rationale behind this episode, and it's called Never Underestimate Your Teachers, Instructional Leadership for Excellence in Every Classroom. And this is written by Robin Jackson. I have seen her at professional development events, so I'm really enjoying this book that she's written. And I was reading this one chapter, and it was called What is Masterful Teaching? And you know, I always kind of predict a chapter just based on the title. I'm like, I could name all the characteristics of what a masterful teacher is. You know, that's what I do as a coach. I go in and I look for these attributes and I help, you know, shine and buff them if they're not there. Because I know every teacher has them in them. It's just a matter of bringing out that potential. But she was talking about going into multiple teachers' classrooms. She called them by name and she was describing the sights and the sounds in these classrooms. And immediately I was judging, right? I was like, oh, that's a great teacher. Oh, man, that's horrible, you know. And she was saying how some of them had things written on the board. Some of these guys were walking around. Some were really energetic. Some were super structured. And I was starting to kind of identify with particular teachers that were being described. Like, you know, that's so me. Or, oh, God, that's so my colleague, you know. But regardless of what I preferred to do as a teacher or what I preferred as a student learning from a teacher really didn't matter. And what her point was is regardless of what these different classrooms looked like and sounded like, they were all effective teachers. And that just stopped me in my tracks. And I had to go reread some of the ones that I was like, oh my God, this is horrible because I'm like, how is this effective teaching? So she definitely hooked me and I kept reading. You know, I couldn't believe it that this one dude, he had no objectives posted. He had no student work on bulletin boards. Uh, he was a soft-spoken teacher. 
But he was ridiculously effective in getting kids to succeed in math. And that was fascinating to me as a leader because I was trained to go into a room, look at look at the boards, you know, are those objectives posted? Is there student work? I was also trained to help teachers get away from, you know, lecturing, drill and kill and, you know, wake up with some energy. Um, and in my training, this teacher would be like on my emergency get on board list. But how wrong would I have been based on those factors? And that's why it's so important to look beyond, you know, this checklist that we're trained to see. When you're looking at a teacher, you really got to look at the data and how kids are doing with this teacher. You know, sure, it's not how I would teach and it's not who I prefer as a learner to learn from. But that doesn't mean that his methods aren't actually working to help kids succeed. It actually reminds me of a colleague of mine. She, uh, years ago, she taught across the hall from me when I was teaching second grade. She was a freaking circus. I mean, she was like the center. I had four centers, and I thought that was a lot to manage. And she had nine self-running groups. Her room was constantly a mess. She had anchor charts splattered all over the room on top of one another. I mean, she was frazzled, and I don't know if she ever really knew what she was doing, but... <laughs> Dang, did those kids love her class, and they learned a ton. So it, it really taught me that it doesn't mean that what I was doing was wrong or what she was doing was wrong. Our approaches were just different, and kids were learning in both classrooms, and that really at the end of the day is all that matters. And some of you listening today are just so discouraged because you're being told to conform, to be something you're not just so students can be successful. Well, later in this book that I've been reading, Robin was talking about meeting with this veteran teacher. She's got like 30 plus years under her belt and the pressure was on, like pressure cooking status for her to change. Robin was her coach and she needed to help her update her methods and it just wasn't going over well. I mean, Robin had observations, she had feedback, she had modeling, she had follow-up observations. I mean, she had gone through the whole coaching cycle and there was just like no improvement. And as you can imagine, she'd been doing things her way for so long, and now she had to change it up. And it really made me think, you know, she's never going to be like the teacher next door that's got like this one-to-one -one iPad grant and opens her author study with like a Skype visit with Judy Bloom, you know, or something. You know, it's not going to happen, but we know that kids are learning in each room. And then also all we have to do is tweak that one teacher's performance to be, you know, optimal in a way that fits their style rather than making them fit the box. And so I hope you hear what I'm saying, that you don't have to dress all in blue and wear a red hat, you know, to be a teacher or whatever the characteristics are, you know, to check the boxes. It's not about what it looks like. It's not about, you know, you being the world's greatest actor. It's not about what it sounds like. It's all about that knowledge is translating to learning for kids. End of story. However that happens, it's magic. And that's one of the reasons I love Ron Clark Academy. If you haven't signed up to go, it's super expensive, but you know, definitely try and write a grant or ask your school to pay for it. It's the best professional development you'll get. I can't wait to go. Um, but he purposely hires teachers who are different. He doesn't want to go into one classroom and see the exact same thing in the next four. You know, he wants everyone to have their own thing going on. He wants someone that approaches learning differently and can help students achieve. He doesn't want, you know, cookie cutter. He could care less if your rooms are bare or, you know, what you're wearing or how loud you are or, you know, whatever your particular style is, so be it. And if you know your stuff and you get kids to know it too, well then period, end of sentence. And I love that mentality because it really gives teachers autonomy to be who they are but still be their greatest self, you know. You could be the teacher over here that's all about technology and have kids succeed. And you could be over here, you know, old school with textbooks and students in structured rows and still be 
effective. It's just what is your truth? Who are you? How can you be the best at it? How can you be open-minded to some of these other methods? How can you take feedback and apply it without getting frustrated? But what I really want you to, to hear from me today is it is okay that you are the way you are. I mean, that's it. That's what I want you to leave feeling like. It's okay to be me and it's a blessing that I am me and I can still be a great teacher being me. I want you to know your truth. It doesn't mean you can't improve, but you can improve within your own style. You know, help your leader see that value in the approach. You know, be humble to, like I said, ask for feedback or try new things, but don't throw everything overboard and then put on this costume that isn't you. You know, your kids are going to learn best when you are your authentic self. So just push your own limits, think outside the box. And as long as you're getting kids to learn, then you should have the freedom to do it the way that fits your personality and your teaching style. It's really important that kids learn from a variety of styles. That's life. We aren't robots. The world would be so boring if we were all the same. And just like the book I'm reading, I want you to think about who you are as a teacher. What do you stand for? What are you willing to compromise and what are you not? How would you describe yourself and your approach to teaching? You know, if Robin walked in your classroom, you were one of those teachers, what would she say you were like? You know, start nailing down the sights and the sounds of your own style and then start comparing those to the things that are being asked of you and see if maybe there are some areas that overlap. Like maybe you make PowerPoint slides and that helps you summarize the teaching points for the kids, but you're being asked to have like these anchor charts to hang around the room so that kids can easily reference some of these learning points. Well, you hate to write, you've got horrible handwriting, you know, Making cutesy things is not your thing. Well, that's fine. Then why don't you just go print out those dang PowerPoint slides in large font and go hang them? Done. (laughs) You know, it's not worth fighting over something like that. You are able to bend a bit to meet the requirements, but it's not about, you know, having an anchor chart. It's about students being able to go reference their past learning. And so you did that. You as a teacher want your kids to learn, and you're on board with that. You know, does it have to look like the way the admin prefers it to look on this little chart? You know, does it have to look like everyone in the building with cutesy pictures and colorful writing? You know, no, but you're complying with the request of having information available to your kids at all times. And you did it in a way that was true to who you are as a teacher. And that's respectable. And it's certainly reasonable. One of my colleagues, fast forward a couple years, we're in third grade together and she taught next to me and she was asked to come have her kids come sit on the carpet for a read aloud. So now we're in balanced literacy and we had never done this before. So it was totally outside the box for her. It just wasn't her. She wasn't that nurturing kind of teacher. She was old school. She was very firm. She had high expectations for behavior, you know, and excellence. And the kids did well in her super structured room and it was quite the fight to get her to bring those kids to the carpet, but she did. And guess what? She hated it, (laughs) but she tried it. So then it was up to her to think about, okay, how can I comply with the admin's request and still be true to myself? So she had to dig deep to find out what the admin really wanted. What's up with coming to the carpet? What's really behind this method? And it was really all about having students close enough to this common piece of text to watch her model some reading behaviors. Now, if she was reading a book, she only has one book, and then they were all at their seats, they couldn't really take advantage of what she was doing as a reader. They couldn't see up close what was happening. So she started thinking, okay, so it's not about the kids coming to the carpet. It's about them being able to see this this text and, and be able to really 
see what I'm doing. So she found online text and she put it on her smart board. And then she would do her read aloud and model the strategies and the students still sat at their desk, but they were now all able to access that same piece of text. You know, was it exactly the way the admin wanted it to go? No, but were the kids able to see a great reader in action? You know, yeah, and they were able to succeed. And so she met the requirement. She had to dig deep to find out what is really the requirement because on you know, service level, just like the anchor charts. It's not about the anchor charts. It was about referencing information. You know, it's not about coming to the carpet. It's about having access to the text. And so she had to say, okay, how can I make this work under my style? And she found a way. And you know what? Whatever. (laughs) You know, kids are learning. Sure, is it exciting? Not really. But, you know, it's her. She feels comfortable. The students are still doing well. And that's what matters. We all have gifts, and it's really important that we allow our gifts to grow and to shine. But if you're too busy trying to fit in or be something you're not, you're never going to see your own potential. You know, we don't need a million of one thing. We need one thing in a million different ways. It makes us all better in the end. So pick your head up. You're not a horrible teacher because you don't look like or sound like what's popular right now. Help your admins stretch and grow. You know, help them think outside the box in supporting a teacher who does things a little differently. It doesn't mean one is right and one is wrong. You're just two different approaches to the same thing. You know, we want kids to solve problems in a variety of ways. We want kids to adapt to different scenarios. Well, then we must set them up for success by then modeling different teaching methods. You know, every day in the classroom, celebrate diversity and be true to yourself. Before you claim who you are, you got to do some reflection. So who are you? What is your truth? And when you know it, go run with it. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on finding your truth as an educator and then owning it. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is a member of the Education Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. (laughs) 